Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Welcome, everybody, to our podcast in conversation with Barbara Patterson, one of our favorite people on the planet, our coach and dear friend. We are so excited to be in conversation with you today and to give our listeners the opportunity to hear your wisdom and and hear your story. For those of you who do not know Barbara Patterson, she is owner of Barbara Patterson International and creator of the Beyond Limits in Business webinar series, interviews, and summit that you can access to hear incredible conversations and insights from executives and leaders, coaches, entrepreneurs from all over the world about how to really live a life of impact and authenticity. And we'll let her explain more about what she's up to there. But before we begin, I wanted to just share a little bit about how you and I met and then ask you to share your story. But Barb and I, our paths crossed actually before Jeff and I reacquainted, maybe six years ago now. And I was introduced to the three principles, which is mind, consciousness, and thought work with a dear friend named Scott Kelly, who is also a practitioner of of this kind of coaching understanding here in Park City. And it was such a shift for me. It really helped me open to a newer possibility and a new way of working and being a leader in my life. And that opening kind of led me to Portland, Oregon, or nearabouts, to do an intensive weekend with Barb and her colleagues. And I was so taken back and so related to you as a sister, as a soul sister and colleague and friend and coach and mentor. Your journey resonated and reflected so much of my my journey in taking the leap of faith out of the corporate hamster wheel life and barking on an entrepreneurial path. So subsequently or since then, Jeff and I have been receiving your coaching expertise and support for our team and for Plenty and really been incredibly grateful for the direction you always point us in. And we'll kind of explain and maybe elaborate on what that direction is. But I'll just say I feel so much more grounded and so much more in truth with my own unique leadership and in relationship with my co-leadership with Jeff and how we dance and how we honor the uniqueness of our ability to share our strengths and our passions in harmony, but not taking each other over. So that's been quite a theme of our work together. So I'll pause there, but welcome, Barb. We're so thrilled to have you, and uh, we'd love to have you share your story a little bit about where you came from and where you are right now. Yeah, thank you. It's really great to be here with you both. And I think when I did my interview with you guys for the summit, 
I kind of said we're going to spend 45 30, 45 minutes, and we always go over. And Jeff said at the end, you know, Barb, it's pretty impossible for the three of us. I said, I know. It's all good. But I'm so glad to be included in what you two are up to. And I think that what you're inviting people to in this space to realize that we can bring our full self, all of who we are, to our leadership, to our work is revolutionary. And I think more and more people are wanting that and they desire it. And even if they don't have a conscious awareness of it, they are drawn to it. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And as you said, Jennifer, I completely relate. And just to answer your question, you know, I've been in the personal, professional leadership and organizational development field for my whole career. That's been over 25 years, at least. I, I keep wondering when I'm going to have to up that number, but for right now, I'm just going <laughs> to still true, still true. But I have had a really varied career, so everything from kind of doing my own thing and then going inside of corporations. And most recently, before I started this business, I was the head of global talent management, executive development, and all of learning for global organization. I was living in Paris. And I always say this because it was a great relationship. Like we had a really mutually beneficial relationship. That company developed me. They gave me opportunity. They gave me great places to spread my wings and to advance. And I gave them my best self and great content. So it was this really great relationship. But about maybe a year before I made the final decision, I started to feel this sort of nudge inside of me for something different, this kind of inner restlessness. And in a way, restlessness is probably not a fair description because I believe it was that kind of deeper nature in me saying, hey, it's coming, it's time get open, look around, see what else is out there. So it was an interesting place to be because I loved the people I worked with. I loved the work I did. It was all encompassing, which was really, I think, if I had to look back, probably the place that I can see is, you know, I'd had a very rich and full career and a lot of really just fun opportunity and things that had happened. And I realized one day, like, I would like to feel that fulfilled and enriched in my personal life as I have in my career life. And I just knew that that in this job at that time, as it was, it wasn't going to happen there. So as I started to just get more willing to really consider, then all of a sudden I had more room for that kind of clarity. And really, I just want to say the only thing I really knew was that I was going to move back to the States and I was going to start my own consulting and coaching company. That's all I knew. And I also knew I wasn't going to have the headspace to do any planning about it until the moment I left Paris, right? It wasn't going to be one of those places um, because I wanted to give my full attention to what I was up to and to end that relationship in a way that wasn't service to everybody. So once I came, once I knew I was making that decision, I thought I'm going to hire a coach. And earlier, prior, you know, like maybe 10 years earlier than this point, maybe a little longer, I had in my young naiveness decided I was just going to do my own business. And I took the leap with 
no clue, no cushion, no idea. And I just want to say, like, in a way, I love that naiveness. Like, I think there's a ton of value in that kind of willingness to leap anyway, right? But there were some ups and downs. <laughs> there, were, there were some hard lessons learned. And so this time I thought, I'm going to get a coach. And it's going to help me be successful and strategic and my thinking partner and, you know, kind of all that. Well, I hired Michael Neal at the time. <laughs> and what I laugh about now is really I love the way, you know, kind of our wisdom points us to somebody. And we think we know why. But really what he me was like not that at all. What he ended up doing was pointing me to a direction of that we have this internal landscape that is incredibly resourceful and also shaping my relationship to life, my relationship to myself, my relationship to possibility and potential. And so we experience life via our minds. And so that was something I had never really considered or had an eye for, and it answered a lot of questions for me. And ultimately, that was the trajectory of changing my life, what I'm up to in the world, what I share, my own learning curve over the last 10 years. So I will stop there at this point. No, no, no. Let's go further there. And I want to point out to our listeners, your voice is already going to sound familiar because we've already, you're our first repeat guest because our episode of being on your summit has been featured on the podcast. So if people are sitting saying, why do I know this voice? It's because we've already introduced you to Barb. And on the episode that we shared and on, in the story you just shared, I think is a great encapsulation of what you have done for us, which is kind of point us back to our own knowing and help us navigate through times that seem uncertain. I'd love to ask you about your current experience right now, because that's what you do. You help people navigate uncertainty. So are you working with clients from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day right now? What is, what is your current life like? Yeah, well, I will say it. I was in Scotland when, you know, the news came out that they were shutting down, restricting travel between Europe and then the UK. And so I was very much in that group, like trying to get home and moved on like five different flights and all of that. But I got home, as you can tell. And my first couple of months home were probably busier than I've been in a really long time. Yet it was also, there was something... I think I attribute because, you know, the more we kind of realize that we don't have to put our certainty on events and circumstances or people, we can put our certainty on our innate nature to help us rise to the occasion, to get helpful ideas, that creativity is a part of our nature, fresh thinking, that really because of that, I think I was able to kind of ride my own personal kind of ebb and flow at that time and always right like the fact that I had to work with clients and I'm pointing them to this it can only help ourselves so in a way I was it was helping me and I think a lot of people relate to this is it was fascinating and is still by the way based on even current events and I'll share more there but how we can be in the midst of something that is global and universal and affecting us. And yet 
what's coming through is for us as individuals. There are some common themes I heard, like people's assumptions about how business has to get done were blown up. And a lot of people have enjoyed that. They haven't enjoyed the worry about where clients and homeschooling, you know, like all that, right? But it's funny, I think people, most people I've talked to feel both kind of the struggle and the stress and the constraint and all of that, but at the same time feel something opening up and a hopefulness and aliveness and something else going on too. So it really is, how do we navigate all of that? Did I answer your question, Jeff? You did. And we were joking before this that you're always coaching us and asking us questions. So I'm delighting in the, in the chance to ask you questions. I can, I can feel you teaching me. I love that. I think that's the thread of our conversations on the podcast so far have been about, I think, people finding that space and also a little bit trying to reconcile their own maybe personal space that they've enjoyed with observing so much hurt in the world around them. And I'm wondering if that comes in, how do you help people navigate that? Well, I'll share personally and, and if it, hopefully it's broad enough that people can maybe be helpful, but with COVID, one of the things I noticed kind of immediately was I got really ahead in my thinking and I started thinking a lot about my family and friends and my clients and the future. And because of, you know, this understanding of the role our minds play in creating a world of limitation or a world of possibility, right? You know, the world is happening, but our experience of it is happening via our minds. So because I've, you know, been a student of that, right, and looking in that direction, once I realized I had spent a pretty intense day worried about everything and everyone, I realized, oh, I'm, that's a function of where my mind is at. And I knew that my greatest resourcefulness and ability to help was going to come from coming back to real time from remembering that, again, we can rest in the knowing that our minds are this creative potential to help us rise to the occasion to figure things out. And so I really did have, you know, like I was thinking about my brother-in-law in particular and because he owns a restaurant, and I realized, oh, the best I can do for anybody is to come back to the here and now. And by the way, he has that ability his own creative potential as well. Once I came back and could see and catch my mind, and believe me, it's, it's a, as you both know, it's not a perfection. It's not a, you know, our minds and our experiences fluctuate. But when we know we're home bases, it's really helpful. With the death of George Floyd, that was something that for me impacted me in a very, deep way. And there was something that I can't explain, and I think everybody can relate to this, that sometimes in life, something shifts within, something wakes up inside of us, something that we hadn't really seen, we seen before, or we didn't manufacture it, but it, we know it's like shifting us from within. There was a way with the death of George Floyd that the only way I can describe it is somehow I took it in in a way I'd never 
taken in racism before. I mean, the death, of course. But over that couple of days, like I know so many people, I was, it was just a very feelingful time. And I was out for a walk. And this is, again, this is personal for Barb, right? But I was out for a walk. And I had always had this vision of myself, like with Martin Luther King movies or Selma or human rights, that I had this vision of myself being arm in arm on the bridge fighting and taking a stand for humanity, all of humanity, right? And I was out for a walk and I had this thought come through that not only are you not on the bridge, you're nowhere near the bridge. And you know, when clarity comes, it didn't come with guilt and shame and feeling bad, it just was truth. I saw like in a way I've been in a little bit of a bubble. Of course I knew racism exists. Of course I had seen police brutality, but somehow in that time, I took it in in a way that I had never done before. I saw it. And in that moment, then it was like, oh yeah, like the next thing that came up was that's no longer okay with me. In a way, you know what it did is it lined me up. It lined me up and reminded me of what matters to me. But because of what we were just talking about, I knew What was required was for me to keep listening deeply inside of me. There were a lot of things going on that we could all like jump on the and get excited about. And believe me, I did some of those things. But ultimately, I knew go to home base. And I wanted to align to that truth inside of me with what mattered to me. So I knew there was a relationship between listening, listening deeply to that deeper nature in me, but also learning. I fall in the category of somebody that hasn't really done her homework around this area. So I I got really open and willing and became a student and still am. (laughs) But I knew action had to be at the end of it. But here's what I want to say. It's another example of most people I speak to, leaders, companies, entrepreneurs, friends, colleagues, strangers, feel again that something happened. We're a part of something bigger in the midst of that. But again, what's ours to do, what's meant for us as individual. And so pointing people back again to their own truth, their own listening, their own deeper nature, you'll see that everyone has an inclination of where to go, has an inclination of what's meant for them. There's always this kind of pressure. I'm imagining that you guys have felt it when you have a platform smaller, big, right? And you are a teacher and a mentor. And initially when it would happen and I was really just took everything to heart and I was really, all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I could listen to new voices. I could like start paying attention to other things. So I started doing that. And immediately because I didn't realize again, like I had unintentionally created a bubble of kind of people I normally listen to, things that interest me, who I have on my podcast feed that I listen to, who I follow on, you know, and so all of a sudden I started following other people. I started listening to other kinds of content. I got beyond my, I don't like politics or I don't like policy. You know, I kind of got over all those things because all of a sudden I realized, oh no, no, sideline. You're no longer on the sidelines, right? You don't want to be on the sidelines. So to me, those were the things that occurred to me. And in that, I started to 
share some other voices, share some things. And two things happened. And one was a previous client and a mentee of mine reached out to me. And she said, you know, I really appreciate that you've been sharing some things. And she said, because I'm noticing it's kind of quiet in a lot of my areas. And she said, I'm not judging it, but it's helpful to me. And I, and at the time I hadn't, other than sharing other voices, I hadn't said what was going on with me. And so I messaged her and I just said, thank you. You just gave me the kind of prodded I need. And she did a voice message back and she said, you know, Barb, in times of trouble and troubling times, when things are tough, when things are hard, we look to our mentors, to our teachers, to our guides to help us out. And no voice, it just, and right now what we're going through. And what's interesting is, of course, I knew that with COVID, but because I got so personally affected with the death of George Floyd and the protest and the uprising, I sort of, you know, I think it was appropriate, right? I needed my own kind of time, but I have been personally now navigating how do I continue to be willing to be real, to be a student, and how, and I think leaders, by the way, and entrepreneurs, and everyone can relate, like, how do we continue to be guides and leaders while also knowing we're kind of clueless? We're right with you. I am learning. I am unlearning. But is there still value in me showing up as I am and doing my best not to be an expert? I'm not an expert here, you know, by any stretch. But is there still value in showing up and, and realizing? Like when she said that to me, that just went really hit me. Yeah. What an angel escort in terms of nudging you to continue modeling the way and practicing what you preach. And I think that's, that's the ultimate humility that we as coaches and teachers and leaders get to do with a commitment and loyalty that almost like that's the contract that we're signing up for is not to be better than, not to know the way, but to be willing to walk the talk, to be willing to be an exploration and I'm always mystified by when we are coaching or when I find myself guiding somebody, it's really for myself. It's, it's just like, if I'm really honest, everything that's coming out is wisdom and reminders for my own higher self to take or to deepen or to practice more. So I appreciate you sharing that and can feel the impact of, of how that insight came of, no, I'm not on the bridge. I'm nowhere near the bridge. And that clarity comes through, I believe, for myself and us and others when we are in spaciousness. What you know, you say coming back to now, using this time, being present. And I would say for for the past five plus years, but really honing that intentionally the last couple of years for us, it's the number one job we have whether it was the client or was anybody is just to get here and not multitask and not be doing anything else and pull ourselves back into here so that there is space for that deeper connection to what's behind the noise. And maybe you can talk about 
when I'm speaking to, because I really see people are grasping. They're running still so fast, even during this great pause. Not everybody, but missing the opportunity by continuing these like automatic, the automatic train, like the train has been running, it's automatic behavior in the idea of like, we have to figure it out. We have to be driven to know how we're going to get from here to there, even amongst a field of massive change, uncertainty, upheaval. I'm not sure I'm right, but the, the perception I have is a lot of people are feeling lost. Anxiety is through the roof. Worry is real for them. And myself, when I get caught in that cycle, I am buying my low quality thinking in those moments. I've kind of hooked myself to an automatic thought train that maybe I've been doing forever. Maybe it's the cultural conditioning and the group think that I'm hooking onto, but I'm really buying my thoughts. And what you've helped point us to is to not buy our thinking so often and to question, do I know that to be true? The trigger for me is this statement that runs rampant in my family. And it goes like this. The reality is dot, dot, dot. And it is really stirring me at the moment because I'm like, your reality is whatever you're thinking. It's whatever you're buying into. It's whatever your belief is, is what you're seeing out there. And it feels like a very contentious point of, no, the reality is this. Have you read the news? Do you see what's happening? I come back to, actually, that's not my reality. My reality or a different reality could be different. So could you unpack a little bit maybe about your experience of a, whether you're seeing that in your work with other clients who are hooked on this thought train that is habitual, and how do we unplug from that to see more of the wisdom, the truest nature of ourselves, our ability to access that personal download to help us respond in perfect divine order to whatever is unfolding that's unique to each one of our scenarios? Like, how do we help others or how do we as people, because we live that too, unplug from that automatic thought train of buying low quality thinking that creates a lower quality reality? I think you're absolutely right. Like, that's kind of the dance. And I think, I think when people hear us say it's shaping your reality. They're like, uh, no, COVID happened. George Floyd died. There are protests or, you know, business, the economy, you know, so they, they sort of feel like, no, no, what are you talking about? Right. But really what we're saying is our experience of whatever circumstance, our experience of relationship, our experience of anything is fluid and it's, happening via our minds. It is happening inside of us. And I think when people start to see that, oh yeah, I can have different experiences of the same thing. I mean, just like we said with COVID, 
people, if they look, they can have moments where they've loved that they're home more and moments when it's been like they can't wait to get out, right? You've had moments of hope about what this new potential may be. And then you've had moments of despair because it looks like it's not, nothing's happening or it's only downhill. So when people just consider what we're saying, that your experience of whatever is happening is fluid. And that experience shapes our potential. It shapes what we see as possible. It shapes our ability to connect, to have high quality conversations. I think we all relate like, you know, like that saying, somebody says to you, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed today? And you're like, yeah, it's like that feeling of everything is annoying. And we all kind of get that. You kind of know like, yeah, okay, don't really talk to me. Not in great, right? It's those common things that actually have profound implications right now that we're saying that I think at some level we do understand that our hopefulness, our resiliency, that feels like it's in and out. And the reason it feels in and out is because our experience is being shaped moment to moment by our level of consciousness, our our sped upness, our level of presence, lack of presence. Am I so caught up in my worried future thinking? That's not being in real time. And I always like the idea that if you think of your mind kind of like an aperture on a camera, when it's more, an aperture's tight, no light gets through. The wider the aperture, more light. It's the same with us. It's kind of like when we're really grinding over, mulling over, evaluating, ruminating on a problem, it's our world gets very limited, right? But when it moves on, all thought is fluid and it goes, nothing, we can't hang on to any thought. Then you start to see, you get a little bit of space and in that space, a little bit can go a really long way. You start to, maybe your shoulders come down a little bit. A little more space, you start to go, you know, take a break. Or another more space, you go, oh wait, I forgot this could happen. You know, like that's a natural function of our mind. And so if people realize the power we have within where the real leverage is, thank God the leverage for creativity, for resiliency, for well-being, for rising to the occasion is not dependent on circumstances. And if people look, they will see already throughout their lives, they will see evidence of this already. And so, yes, it's true. I don't think people ultimately realize how much the way they're seeing it is being shaped by the quality of their mind in that moment. But if they got curious about that, they would naturally see how it's true. Well, I love that point. And I really appreciate you sharing your own personal awakening, which I think for both Jen and I, that entire story resonates about our own our own work the last eight weeks and our own questioning and, and re-looking at the ways we want to engage in the world. And we've had a few interesting conversations with clients and friends of plenty over the last month or two about this theme and this idea that, because on the podcast, we've talked a lot about the blessings that come from slowing down, the seeing the positive out of what's emerging for all of us. We even had a guest the other day, the podcast hasn't aired yet, who said, this is an African-American woman entrepreneur who said, look, 
what happened to George Floyd happens every week, but because it happened during a pandemic, no one could look away. Everyone had to see it. And so there's a blessing there and I'm using air quotes. And I, I love the point you made because what I'm trying to articulate is a number of people have said to us, hey, how can you tell us it's gonna be okay? Thousands of people have died, hundreds of thousands. Millions of people are displaced. And I love that you oriented it back to, we're not putting a normative on it. What we're saying is in the space is where consciousness can emerge for us to say, I'd like to engage in the world in a better way. I'd like to be more constructive in how I think. So it's actually the opposite of checking out from the world around you. It's dropping, as Jen said, whatever habitual thinking you have, letting yourself kind of off the hook on whatever we say every day so you can see the world in a new way. And I I just appreciate you linking that into social impact and the difference we can each make as leaders. It's hard to make a difference when we're programming ourselves into a routine that we never question. One thing to just add to that, Barb, I love the metaphor of the aperture of a camera because that visually describes the dance, right, of being open enough so that new thinking, new ideas, new ways we can participate in change, what are our options can come in. And yet every photographer knows that at some point you have to point the camera at the subject to take it. Then we get to choose from an open aperture of being available and open to a new way of being human, a new way of seeing our our part in, in what is unraveling and our part in a solution for a better way, a better world, a better life. We get to then choose the focus. That dance of There's no instructions, there's no right or wrong, because that fluidity that you're talking about is human. It is the human journey. And giving ourselves a break when we are shut down or when we're in fear mode or we've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. But at the end of the day, we get to choose where we're pointing the camera, what we're focusing on. And the practice seems to be how open is the aperture before we get to hone in. So just, I love that metaphor and and what you've shared. Yeah, and I think in both what you're saying, it's, it's also interesting because if we understand that what's meant for us will come through us, we'll also listen. And sometimes what you'll hear is read, watch this, take a break, try this thing out call a friend, like you begin to appreciate more and more those what's coming forward to you in the moment. And I think in the world of so much great content out there for everything on entrepreneur, leadership, how to understand racism, you know, like there's so much out there that it can be really easy to not see how much our consuming of everything else is diluting our own voice, our own knowing. And so often to that spaciousness, what I'll say people is like, people get it. Like if I watch the news too much, you know, it kind of affects, affects my thinking. I get all in my head, whatever that is. Right. And what I want to encourage people more than ever with 
in general is less consumption, more listening. Listening to yourself, letting your mind to your point just kind of open up and following the breadcrumbs, following the small places of interest. And this is again for your business, your relationships, or if you are wanting to understand the role you can play in being an anti-racist and helping change systemic racism. It's all the same source. And if you want to understand how to align to your deeper authentic nature and the work you do in the world, same place. You want to understand how to connect more powerfully to your mate, to be a better influencer in your work and in your leadership, same place. You know, and it's really amazing when you think about it and you realize like everything we have, you know, like those you used to hear, like everything you have is within. And I'd be like, uh, I don't think so. But now I have a whole new appreciation for ultimately what that means. When we get our own relationship, your own experiential relationship to that deeper intelligence within that deeper nature, and you give it more respect than your habitual thinking, your ideas for success, your preferences, what you relate to or don't relate to, you just naturally then, when that becomes more of your day-to-day kind of felt knowing, it changes the way you move in the world. It changes even the quality of the thinking you get and the ideas that you get. And so I really say to people, yes, it has profound implications. It really does. But it also has really everyday, ordinary, practical implications, which are also really, really helpful. I love the message of create more than you consume. I just love that. And it's not a message that many of us hear. Our food is fast. Our shows are binged watched. You know, every we are forcing as much velocity in the system as we can. So I love that message. I want to go back to something you started with, with a little bit of time we have left, because you said something that I think we've heard from every single executive we've worked with. When you were telling your own story about work, one of the things people consume a lot of is work. They consume a lot of their work. And you said something that was so similar to what we've heard. You said, it was really great until it wasn't. And like, I'm doing all this work. I'm so fulfilled by it. And then one day I realized, wait, it's actually not fulfilling at all. I'm struck at how many times I've heard that. Maybe you've already given this advice, but for other people who are starting to be in that awareness of, wow, I've had a really fulfilling career, I thought, and now I see that there's other places in my life that feel empty. What encouragement or advice would you give people about how to lean into that? inquiry? Yeah, I think it's a a great question. And I think especially now, a lot of people are, because of circumstance, have been able to ask themselves that question in a way or have been forced to ask themselves, right? I think that people are likely already getting clues. But we override them with like our ideas of what's possible. We simply override them like, I can't do that. I have to support my family. I can't do that. It won't be enough money. I can't work less. I'll get fired. I can't, you know, like there's all these sort of, and people will argue for their limitation. And I get it. I totally get it. But I think this exploration is a different one. 
what we're inviting people to explore is to listen, to listen more. They don't have to act yet. What I find is that by the time I knew I was going to make a change and I actually gave my resignation was a, a year at least. It wasn't like I kind of felt like, okay, now I am, as you guys know, because you know me, I can get so impatient. My timelines are always quicker than they happen. You know what I mean? So I've learned to like surrender to that and to see the, how natural momentum is in our greatest service. I had no appreciation for kind of the natural momentum of life, the natural ebb and flow, the natural timing of things. I was on Barb's timing. So I think if people start to get an appreciation, they'll discover they're getting nudges and they can follow those. It doesn't mean they're turning in their notice today. It doesn't mean that they're... And the other thing I want to say is stay the course. You can handle it. Stay the course. See what the natural momentum is because we don't realize how much our discouragement is just coming because an expectation didn't go down the way we'd hoped. If we can get over that, you'll realize you bounce back really easy and you get a new idea. And expectations are so sneaky. We always talk about like, oh shit, I didn't realize I had an expectation there until I was disappointed. Like, you know, you had a false assumption or a high expectation of something when you leave with an interaction or experience or an outcome and you leave feeling disappointed. And that's such a practice. I think I also hear, I love the slogan that you just reminded us of, consume less, listen more. And what that invitation does is it helps us loosen our grip And I would say that was the opening for me when we first met that just, I didn't even realize I was so gripping. And what I mean by gripping is I really relate to what you, we both do relate to what you just shared of like thinking, I know how to make something happen, how to manifest my dream and vision and a huge visionary and big thinker. And that's been crystal clear where we've gotten tripped up is thinking I know how to bring it about or that it's on my timeline or in that, in my way. And I'm really seeing my friends and colleagues and and clients that we create our own suffering when we haven't loosened the grip, when we think we have to be in control, when we're going at it alone and the weight of the world in whatever way that means to you is on your shoulders And it's a really heavy burden to bear. And I would tell you that in my, in looking back and seeing that, I think I was really arrogant thinking I needed to hold that responsibility or I had to know what my path would look like. And as I get older, that grip is kind of loosening. I wouldn't say it's fully off, but it's loosening. And in so doing, there's a, the co-creative force, the inner intelligence, the spiritual nuggets and wisdom that's coming through that takes my breath away. That's like, holy shit, I didn't see that. Or the magic of the unfolding feels like there's more room for that to come in. And that's available to us all. And we are so grateful that you and our, in our relationship with you that you continue to point us in that direction. 
you point us to that place of where we're coming from rather than the content. And it's such a great reminder of to not get so stuck on the form, but to see and to tune into the form less behind that. So really appreciate all the ways that you've helped Jeff and I grow together and how you've helped us become better coaches for our clients and colleagues. Before we conclude, is there anything else you would like to share of where can everybody find you on the Beyond Limits in Business and please invite them to see that work with you? Yeah, thank you, first of all, for having me. And I have also appreciated being a witness and reading and listening to the things that you guys are sharing right now and the heartfelt and the guide and the wisdom in it and the hopefulness. So thank you so much. And you can look me up at barbarapatterson.com or beyondlimitsinbusiness.com. And ultimately, my hope with that is that it becomes a global platform and community for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, business leaders that really want to look in the direction of what we've spoken about today and their work in the world. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Barbara. Thanks for tuning in. Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.